and welcome in to another week of Dopio. Uh, I'm Dante. And I'm Donnell. And we have a lot. We have a lot this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before, I guess we can jump right into it or like before I begin, how, how are you doing over there since... Uh, uh, well, it's... Um... It's been a like you said. It's, it's it's been a lot this week. Um, we're doing well. We're doing well. Um, stocked up on toilet paper and canned goods, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is crazy to me. But that's that's another topic. Um, yeah. Raise over. But as far as health wise and uh, uh, mental and physical, we're we're well. You know. Um, Spent a little time with your grandmother this week. I, I go up once a week to check on them and make sure they're good. And um, yeah, you know, they are they're well. You know, your uncle, my brother, he's <laughs> he, he's he's very nice a lot about it, which you know I don't necessarily agree with, but that's that's him. But uh, everybody's doing well, man. Everybody's doing well. Everyone's washing hands. And um, paying attention to what they need to be paying attention to. How about yourself? Uh, I'm good. Like, I mean, you know, like watching America's reaction to everything. From, mm. I mean, we y'all are a little bit behind because Japan, like, it's been like three weeks now that we've been dealing with this. Um, so we three weeks ago we stopped school. Three weeks ago we you know had the rush to the grocery store to get toilet paper which again i don't understand but whatever i'm I'm not gonna harp on this toilet paper stuff no 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 (laughs) but (laughs) but yeah like three weeks ago we were doing all that and i was looking at america like so so y'all just gonna just gonna not do anything cool okay (laughs) let's see how that works out right right but you know that's that's the american way man we you know Teflon dogs over here, you know, ten foot tall and bulletproof, you know, yeah. until it shows up on your doorstep, yeah, you exactly. know, and, you know. So we find ourselves, you know, being reactive instead of being proactive, and and uh, and now, you know, in one week we've canceled all sports, all TV shows, um, production for TV shows and movies, yep. school. You know, um, uh, insurance companies and and um, heads of state are saying stay at home if you can. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, and it's it's crazy because people are rushing to find um, childcare for the for the younger kids who are going to be home from school and the parents who can't work at home. So yeah. I mean, it's this is um. This is unprecedented. This is this is new territory for us here in the states, and um, you know, and, I, and I'm I'm watching it, and I'm like, wow, you know, is it an overreaction? Is it is it just precaution? And I'm on the fence with that. And you know, I've been criticized um, by some people close to me for having that type of attitude. Well, of course, we're not overreacting. And I said, you know, but sometimes I, I, I can't help but to think that there's someone behind the curtain pulling the strings to some of the things that are going on, you know, <laughs> creating a narrative, a false narrative to compensate for the actual narrative. So, you know, but that's just my conspiracy theory mind at play. 
Well, I mean, I think that there is um, not not on a conspiracy theory bit, but there is some um, there is some like logic in what you're saying as far as people and reacting and overreacting and things like that. You never know. You never know something is an overreaction until after the fact. Like everyone. Mm-hmm perspective allows for you to say something like that like yeah i i mean there's some things i can say people are overreacting about like i can say like if you're going to the store and you buy like 95 rolls of toilet paper you're kind of overreacting unless you got a big ass and it's dirty but <laughs> but like under normal circumstances that's too much toilet paper like um so that would be an overreaction but in general a government shutting down events and things like that you have to look around the world look at italy 20 to 30 people are dying per day and the reason why they're dying is because they don't have the resources and the respirators to put people on so they're having to make decisions about who lives and who dies so like unless america wants that kind of situation then it has to overreact quote unquote um no. but go ahead um but um the reason why they have to overreact is also partially because they didn't like they didn't uh, they didn't have a proactive stance when it comes to stuff like this and we it's not like we haven't had pandemics before there's h1n1 swine flu sars like all of the ebola there's a bunch of things that have happened before in america that um that they could have Uh, used as a template for how to deal with this however um cheeto in chief decided to cut the pandemic office like we literally had an office dedicated to that he cut funding to it like what do you expect is going to happen you're going to be on your you're going to be on or on your butt when someone charges through the door and punches you in the mouth like and then you're wondering where your teeth went right so, I mean, and 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 you raise you raise out a point there, you know. However, you know, with him, you know, and I I don't have uh, specific information in regards to did he cut did he now I'm asking did he cut it when he cut it was it at was that an executive order? Uh, a year ago, yes, yeah, a year ago he did it, yeah, by executive okay. order, and it's also okay. by attrition, like he didn't staff the agency and then he cut it so like you know the presidential appointments he has to appoint a bunch of people to a bunch of posts this president is notorious for not doing that um in the guise of saying he's saving the taxpayers money but what he's actually doing is consolidating his power um to a few people So he didn't staff this agency and then he cut it by executive order. And actually, um, Senator Sherrod Brown or Representative Sherrod Brown, he wrote a letter about this uh, to Congress. He was like, hey, look, uh, he's a part of Congress, but he wrote a letter for the record. Hey, why did you do this? What's your rationale? This is really important. That was a year ago. Now look at us. Right. Okay. Now, uh, I, I just wanted some clarity on that because... Um, Here in Kentucky, you know, uh, we have uh, Senator Mitch McConnell, who uh, is notorious for um, sticking his nose up Trump's, you know, brand and um, following suit, uh, playing his role in order to to appease the the madness that is Trump. Um, You know, this past week, he uh, 
didn't push for the uh, uh, the coronavirus uh, bill that could have helped and uh, people who were off from work and things of that nature. Yep. You know, so I was wondering if it was a collective. That's why I asked, was it an executive order or is there plenty of blame to spread around, you know, when it comes to the Senate and so on and so forth. Um, also, with the overreacting, you know, going back to the overreacting just for a second, you know, when I say it's an overreaction, a lot of it is because we've never seen this before. You know, when I say seen this before, I'm talking about to the extent that where schools being called off, colleges are going to uh, uh, strictly online um, classing, um, you know, with the NBA and everything like that. When, when Usually when people's entertainment and creature comforts are being taken away from them, that's when they start to notice that, wait a minute, you know, something's different around here. You know, so that's where I think the overreaction comes from. People think like, well, wait a minute, this is just overreaction. They're just doing this to yada, yada, yada. But like what you said, you know, you don't know it's an overreaction until after the fact. And I think that when you bring up Italy and what has uh, been done in Japan and China, you know, we see what they've gone through. We should have already been where y'all are right now. You know, we should have we should have woken up back then. Wait a minute, you see what's going over there. It's only a matter of time for the breeze changes in the two. So yep. we should have done this a lot sooner. You know, now are we going about it the right way? No. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the point. You know, I think that a lot of this is, you know, the information that's coming out, the way it's coming out, you know, the president speaking this week, confusing the shit out of everybody, you know, about the travel and things of that nature. You know, um, it's crazy. You know, there needs to be some sort of source of information that is, that is being accountable or someone's holding the information accountable from the source that it's coming from. Yeah, you know, and, and on on that on that note, I I'm, I'm gonna butt in um, just because I want to stick with the the presidential and the leadership bit because I blame a lot of overreaction. I I blame I blame the reaction of um how do you say it? I, I blame the action of the common person on the actions of the leader above them. Correct. So, so when you have like uh, a lack of coordination, a lack of confidence, uh, a history of lying, you know, all of that compounds. And then you have like uh, a presidential address that was incredibly unpresidential, not only in its lack of gravitas, but its lack of information and, and clear, coordinated federal action. Like when you have all of those things together with an uneducated electorate, no offense to America, but uneducated electorate, like it's a recipe for disaster. Um, and and you brought up a good point. People had never never seen something like this before. But so what? Like that that excuse. Like, and I'm not saying you're making that excuse. I'm saying that excuse for people. That excuse doesn't necessarily work when everything is new to everyone in every new generation. Like, so, for example, 9-11 was new to everyone, but everyone reacted accordingly. Like, Gulf War was new to everyone in that generation, but everyone acted accordingly. Vietnam, the same. Uh, the Civil Rights Movement, everyone reacted accordingly. Like, World War II, 
like victory gardens, like factories and sports closing downs, people reacted accordingly. I think what's well, happening. Hold on, hold on, hold on, just for a second. Now I agree with you on on the nine eleven. Yeah. Now with the with the Gulf War, Vietnam War, World War Two, um, we had the generation before it template. Okay, we're going to war. You know, this is what we do. I, I get what your point is, but 9-11 was unprecedented. That was something we had never seen here in America. The only thing we can closely compare 9-11 to was Pearl Harbor. Yeah, but you know? what I'm saying is people reacted well after the fact. Like, what did people do? They unified and they had, like, they had a common goal, like, preserve the state. Like, okay. Do you not think that that's a unified, um, a unified stance going on now from, from, from where you're sitting? No, obviously not. Obviously not. I mean, when you look at, and, and I, I frequent the talking heads cause I, I want to see what everyone's saying. Um, of course. Like you have actually, you know, I will say this Fox news has actually done pretty good now. Um, mm. But um, at first, they were just saying this is all propaganda. This is just, you know, liberal chaos to destabilize the president so he loses the election. Meanwhile, CNN and MSNBC were freaking out because um, they're like, oh, no one's doing anything. Help. Like they were causing chaos because they were panicking. Like, and then you had my favorite people um, rising um, at the Hill. They were saying, like, look, we need to look into this. Korea's checking this many people like 10,000 people every um every day why aren't we doing the same thing like blah, blah 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 like pragmatically going about it because that's what populists do um but like as far as on high yeah it looked it looks like no one knows what's going on and because they look that way the people don't know what's going on because unfortunately people don't have a mind of their own anymore they follow the factions uh, of news so either they're in the cnn faction the fox news faction the msnbc faction like or the church the church faction which don't get me started on that i saw some stuff on um, that's crazy i mean yeah. Yeah, but yeah the church the, put the church in a box off to the side all by itself you know with the with the craziness, you know, yes. um, yeah. So, but go ahead, go ahead and finish your point, but uh, I'm, I'm going to test something on the media. Yes. Um, yeah. So, like, I was just saying that, like, to to wrap it up, I think that the media is a microcosm of what what's going on in government right now, and because there's a lack of leadership up there, and there's a lack of leadership in the communications wing of uh, of america of course there's going to be chaos and ridiculous on, on the ground and a lack of a united front okay all right um i agree with you for the most part but when it when it comes to um when it, when you when you, when i was mentioning the point about you know from where you stand does it seem like it's you know not together or we're not united in, in uh, I guess what I was meaning was, well, let me put it this way. This week, um, I, I had a VA appointment yesterday um, of the VA hospital in Louisville. And um, went in there and usually I go around to the front and go in and 
but they had all the entrances closed off except the emergency room entrance. So went around there and, and then they greeted me inside there. You know, they had a hand washing station. Um, they had the five questions. Have you been abroad? Have you been in contact with anyone? Have you been in any large crowds? So on and so forth. Um, answered all in the negative and uh, was able to go on and proceed to my appointment. Along the way, you see people in masks, offering masks. Everyone seemed to be, and this is not your typical VA. Usually VA is, is just like, you know, every man for himself, God for us all. Um, but everybody was working together. Um, went to the store later on that day. Um, of course, the shelves were pretty much depleted, but uh, we were going for something special. But um, everybody was seeming, you know, to understand that what's going on and the seriousness of it. So from a personal perspective, um, and even when I was over my mother's, they lived in like a new subdivision, whatever, and um, the neighbors were, were kind of helping each other and checking on the elderly. Um, the school systems are shut down. Uh, one of the largest school systems in Kentucky is Jefferson County Schools in Louisville. Yeah, um, I saw that. All the schools are shut down. But they're offering breakfast and lunch um, for kids who may not have someone at home to That's pick. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. You know, so, and, and, and you don't have to go to your school. You go to the school in the neighborhood because, you know, busing is such a big thing in some of the major cities that, you know, every neighborhood has a school in it. You know, you just may not be going to that school, you know, yeah, exactly. class. So you can just, you know, walk over to your local school. Um, the older kids in the neighborhood are taking the younger kids to the school. So I'm seeing unity in a way that we've kind of gotten away from, you know, over the past um, four years or whatever. Um, so it's hard for me to say that we're not coming together on this. Now, the information from the media standpoint may be you know, kind of, you turn to CNN, you'll see Don Lemon and, and, and Como running across the screen with their hair on fire, MSNBC, Rachel Maddow's sitting there like everything is okay. And then you go to Fox and you see them, you know, giving out their information. Yeah, but people, and this is what always, um, what I've always kind of really liked about this country is that when, when all hell breaks loose, we tend to band together. You know, 9-11 was, was proof positive of that. Yeah, now, absolutely. Yeah, this is new. This is new. Um, and I know, and I heard what you said about just because it's new or it's never happened before, you know, it's not an excuse. In a way, it kind of is. Because if you've never experienced something before, you know, it, it, just imagine, remember the first day of school. First time you ever, you know, stepped off into high school, uh, middle school, elementary school. That was that, you know, that moment where you were just kind of looking around, trying to find out where you're supposed to go. Until someone grabbed you by the hand and said, uh, you know, your homeroom was here. Uh, you know, this is how you open the locker. And then, you know, you were good. And I think that's what this week has been for us here in America. You know, we were like, wait a minute, no NBA. What? No school. <laughs> Wait a minute. What the hell is going? This is something right out of the outbreak movie. You know, quarantine. You know, New York has the National Guard. What the hell? 
you know, and yeah. then we're like, then we're like, hold on, man, we gotta remember who the hell we are, you know, and that's when that that unity kicks in. That you let know, me, uh, let me stop you right there. You just said something perfect. Um, you said we let us remember who we are, and that's that's what I mean by this is nothing. Like, yes, it's our yes, it's new, but it's not an excuse. Because before, to, to use your metaphor, but that first day of school, before you go to school, you have, what, five years with your parents of them teaching you lessons. Right. The, like the little things, like every day they're teaching you how to take care of yourself. The little fundamental things that, like, that you really don't know that you're learning, but you're learning. So when you mm-hmm. get off that bus, what prevents you from busting out crying? Well, you've been prepared to be alone. What, what causes you not to just run away because fight or flight? Well, because you're prepared for the fact that you're supposed to be in this foreign place. You're prepared for the fact that you're supposed to be confused. Like in this, so in this situation, the same thing in war. What prevents a, a, a soldier or a sailor, Marine or airman from running when they hear gunfire? Well, they've been trained. Like, it's ingrained in them in their muscle memory that like in moments of fear react to your training so but but but, but there's always that that unknown element you know and i agree with you your parents prepare you for that first day you know not to run and you know to share and you know things those things you're taught but what about that unknown element what about that bully what what about that teacher who um just really doesn't want to be there and doesn't give a damn about you. There's always that unknown element that you may not have been trained to deal with right off and you have to experience yourself for the first time in order to, you know, and and it kind of, when you do experience, it kind of knocks you for a second. Whoa! You know, um, and and, and you're rocked for a second, but then you gain your bearing and you move out smartly. You know, but there is that moment. And in that moment, and in that moment, and this is, and this goes to your point, in that moment, that's where you realize who you are. My mom and daddy ain't raised no bitch. They ain't raised yeah. no punk. You know, so I'm going to stand here. I'm going to take this blow. I'm going to you know, kind of evaluate what needs to be done after this blow. Then I'm going to move out smarter. Yeah. You know, so, and that's what I was, that's basically what I was saying about this week. This week was the blow. This was the wake-up call that, yes, we are Americans. Yes, we know who we are. But we also come to the realization that just because we're Americans doesn't mean we're isolated from China, Japan, Korea, Italy, and so on and so forth. So my hope from all of this is that we start recognizing ourselves in, in in a more global, you know, manner more so than thinking that just because we're Americans, we're, you know, we don't have to worry about these things because now we know different. Now yeah. we know that we're touchable. Yeah, and, and like, it's it's silly to me because like, I've all, I mean, and we'll switch gears after this point, but it's silly mm-hmm. to me that Americans always thought that they were untouchable. Like, it's it's actually flies in the face of everything that we've ever experienced as Americans. Every time we think that, something hits us in the mouth uh, for example world war ii america was like oh it's not our war we're out of it like no one's talking to us we're good we're just gonna stay over here nothing's gonna affect us because we're not over here boom Pearl Harbor. <laughs> right like, 
every time America thinks that they're not involved and that nothing can touch them, they get hit in the mouth. Same thing, like, uh, let's see, around Gulf or around, what, the early 90s when the tra- uh, Trade Center was bombed the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, nice. again, mind their own business. Oh, nothing can touch us. We're the strongest ever. Boom. Like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. whoa, what, what, whoa, what's this? Right. And, and then again, 9-11. Nothing can touch us. We're the strongest uh, we're the strongest country of all time. Like blah 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 blah. Boom. Nine eleven. So mm-hmm. like it, it seems to me that this is a this is more of a a case of hubris, and we will continue to have these same things happening in different ways, so long as we don't acknowledge the fact that we are a part of this global community, and no matter what America first nationalism kind of policy that we have. We need to continue to think that way, because if we continue to try to isolate ourselves, it will it will continue to blow up in our face. I agree. I agree. If you're not humble, if you're not humble, if you don't have humility, you'll soon be humbled. Yeah. Yeah. So so switching gears, um, we like this week, of course, the the American healthcare system was laid to bear. and this kind of leads into uh, a talk about um, politicians as well, because, of course, it's election season. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I'll, I'll open it up. Um, so like I, I, I always compare whatever's going on with America and their health system to my health care in Japan. Um, and for those of you who don't know, uh, ML, or Japan has a uh, single payer health care system where you're uh, where you pay um, your health care, uh, you pay for your health care once a month um, via taxes for six months every year. Um, so my monthly payment for health care is $160, around $160 US. Um, and for that, um, I can go to any doctor in my area and get the care that I need for pennies on the dollar. When I say pennies on the dollar, I mean that. Um, I got, uh, I had a, um, I had, uh, what was it? Uh, tonsillitis a couple of years ago. I went to the doctor. Was, uh, the doctor's visit was $15. The medications were $5. That like for $20, I was able to get everything I want. That's cheaper than a meal at Olive Garden. Um, whereas, wow. Yeah, exactly. Whereas you look at America like your common person is paying their parent their monthly premium which is somewhere in the ballpark of like 20 or something like 20% of what they make for some people and then yeah. on top of that if something happens to you if you have to go to the doctor you have to pay your deductible which is the the cheapest your deductible is is like $500 which means your premium is through the roof like mm-hmm. and that's just your price to play like who knows what your copay is going to be? So, copay averages somewhere between thirty-five and fifty-five dollars, depending on the visit. Yeah. So, like, you have all these these underlying costs with the American healthcare system, and then Corona hits, and um, a case study. Uh, someone in Florida went to the doctor, said, "Hey, I think I have it." They tested him. They're like, "Oh, you don't have it." Um, and here's your bill: three thousand five hundred dollars. Crazy. So, yeah exactly so with corona hitting and everyone you know being afraid afraid of what's going to happen next people aren't just afraid because of the virus itself 
but they're afraid of the cost. And because of that, like, you know, we have a system or we, we can now face the fact that we have a system that is woefully inadequate. Um, and so I, I, I know you're coming from the VA standpoint, but I don't know, what do you think about uh, how um, America's healthcare system um, can address the situation or can't, can't it? Well, first off, the healthcare system is crap. Um, <laughs> I'm listening to get that out of the way. I agree with you completely on that. Um, and yeah, I, I deal with VA, but I also deal with the private sector, um, you know, for dental and vision and vision and uh, things of that nature. Um, you know, my wife, um, our insurance is somewhere, like you said, 20% of her income with my income. Um, so we're paying somewhere around close to three close to almost close to three now that um your brother and uh, sister are off our insurance um a month about 300 a month and um which is, is which is pretty good but only because my medical is with VA now if I was on her medical you know um from from her uh, provider from work it would it would be extremely high um now, in regards to the, to this pandemic, the corona, um, it's crazy how they're doing this, man. And and it, and this and this is where the state of fear comes back into play because you have a lot of people wondering how they're going to deal with this, how they're going to pay for this. Um, the healthcare system is so inadequate when it comes to dealing with everyday people that people are having to make some of the hardest decisions but yet unnecessary should what should be unnecessary decisions to make yeah so yep. um am i going to pay for this or am i going to pay for that am i going to eat today or if or, or do i need to put this money aside for this and we should never have to deal with that what what your healthcare system is over there is is wonderful you know we are lacking and and I see where this is going for politics though. Um, you know, we need to we need a healthcare system that is for the people. You know, not just for the rich, but for the people. You know, where someone doesn't have to worry about what they're gonna eat or what bills are they gonna pay, you know, if they get sick. And I just I just you know, I don't know where we go from, from here in regard to that because in a society like we have here in America, when you have pharma, uh, big pharmaceuticals and insurance companies tapping into the veins of politicians, or politicians tapping into the veins of, of, of them, you know, I don't see a way out of it. I don't care who's elected. You know, even if even if, um, if Bernie was to get elected, and I know I'm transitioning, but uh, even if Bernie was to get elected, I don't even see a pathway for him to get out from under the capitalistic society, our system that's in place, because that's what healthcare has turned into. Healthcare is big capitalism. It's not about the people. It, 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 in fact, it's it's completely against the people. It's about the money, and it's about the it's about the one percent. You know, yeah. no one wants to get. Get, I mean, no one wants to get rid of this this system that's been in place for so long 
and that it's grown into the monster that it has become. You know, the idea of capitalism is great. Everyone should be able to make and come up. But once this monster has taken root, how do you destroy something that is so ingrained into the society? You know, um, and I know you're gonna really, I'm gonna let you take over. Um, and I know you think that Bernie has this way out. And I've been doing a lot of research this week. And I, and I like what Bernie is saying. I like his idea. I just don't see a pathway for it um, in the sense that there's going to be so much resistance that um, it would take more than eight years of presidency for him to get this to go through because the powers that be will fight for it. Will fight. Will fight for its demise. I'll, I'll let you go ahead. And and I um, I completely understand that. And uh, I think my my idea as to how um, it would have to go down, um, like it's there's a reason why like there's like this big emphasis on movement because like yes the healthcare system in America is inadequate to say the very least. It is it is draconian, honestly. Like the idea that um, com- is health insurance companies look at people like okay how much money can I extract from this person before they just quit paying. Like, that's how they make their money. They make their money by understanding, like, that your life is a commodity that you will pay anything for. And so I can get as much money as I want from you. Like, even on your deathbed, you owe me. Like, that's the system. That's crazy. And so, yeah, I, I've i made no... Uh, I, I've made it no secret that I'm a uh, that I'm a fan of uh, Medicare for all, and here's how you get it done. Because you're right, it would be incredibly difficult in this electoral system where money has corrupted everything to get something like this onto a president Bernie Sanders desk. What you do is you take the movement of people that absolutely agree. It's sev- it's about seventy percent of people polled believe in the Medicare for all system. That's not Democrats. That's all U.S. people. So what you do is you shame them. You take a picture like a 60,000 people die a year. That's every single district is affected. Every district, every politician is affected. You put those pictures on their door. You put those families in their face. You have them. You have your bully pulpit as the president. So you make it abundantly clear that you're going to bring the war to their doorstep. And guess who the foot soldiers of that war are going to be? It's going to be their constituency. Like, you will play this game or we will erase you. Like, and the way you erase them is by putting those people in front of them. Now, is that going to be easy? Absolutely not. But what thing worth doing is easy? And so I think that's what has upset me recently um, I've heard, not just heard, I've seen like people saying, well, he can't get it done. So why elect him? I mean, like, shouldn't we you know, have somebody else who's more modest? Shouldn't we have somebody else who can, you know, do a little bit here, a little bit there around the margins, as opposed to like putting somebody radical in there, you know? And my response to that is always the same. Actually, it's not always the same, but my reaction to that now is this. You know, when you shoot, when you shoot for the moon, like you might not leave the earth. You shoot for the stars, you might land on the moon. So that that is to say that when you're negotiating 
you never negotiate for for your lowest for the lowest that you take you negotiate for the entire house and then settle for a few rooms in so yeah. I, 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 get, I get everything you're saying but why hasn't that happened what, what, what I mean is what, what you're saying okay the, the, uh, what you're saying the, the mass movement of pushing and I'm going to take Medicare I'm going to take healthcare off the table but the mass movement for pushing an No, I like I, I'm. I'm pretty sure you just got cut off there. Um, we're gonna pick this back up in a second. Stay tuned. Okay, so why hasn't this happened? You know, and what and what I mean is this mass movement. And we're going to take healthcare completely off the table and just talk about the idea and the ideas. Um, you know, when you when you mention take photographs, post them on the doors, push this agenda and this movement to the next level. Why hasn't something like this already happened? Even when it, you know when it comes to homelessness or uh, the veteran situation, or um, you know. Uh, Okay, um, with the uh, with the border and and w- when they were putting families in cages and kids in cages, why why hasn't this type of movement already happened? That's that's what I'm saying with this with the Bernie Sanders movement and the idea of the bully pulpit having a president in there that's progressive and want to do all these things. There's a reason, and and I'm not saying I, I know it know the reason, but there is a reason why a movement of such magnitude hasn't been seen since the civil rights movement, you know? And yet something, something needs to be done, but I think, and and I'm, I'm gonna stay with this, just, just bear with me for a second. I was reading an article, uh, cause you got me big on this progressive thing. Now. I've been, been be proud of it, I've been doing my homework. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, this progressive movement, I truly believe after reading and, and, and doing some uh, due diligence on it that it is necessary. You know, I, I, I'm not saying that I'm all in, you know, but I'm sitting at the edge of the pool with my feet in it, you know, and I'm wading in the water a little bit. But it's necessary, you know, for your generation and the generations to come, it's necessary. There needs to be a changing of the guard. I'll go on record and say that. However, I've I've noticed, you know, this past week um, that, you know, with the um, the Super Tuesday, um, you know, Biden coming out ahead of, um, of of Sanders, and I was wondering why. And then I then I read this article about um, the youth vote, the uh, thirty and under vote, um, how small it was you know, coming out. And uh, this, this particular article that I read, it was in the, the New York Times, and it was stating that, um, God, I, I should have had it up in front of me, um, about the civil attitude is not matching the civil action. And basically what, what the reporter was saying is that the rage and, and the, 
the passion that the youth voters have is not being um, displayed at the polls. There's a you reason know, for that. And, and, well, okay, okay, and that's what I'm going to get to. And he and he, he noted off two or three reasons. One is that it's not easy for, for the youth to get out to vote. Um, they're not making it easy for you to vote. Um, the other reason was apathy. Um, and then the, the one that I found the most interesting um, dealt with the attitude versus passion. You know, that the youth um, aren't as committed to the act as they are to the passion that they have against what's already in place. So going back to my original comment about why hasn't this happened? Why hasn't the the Bernie bros and and the like-minded progressives, you know, gotten off YouTube and Facebook and started pounding on doors and sitting in with their congressmen and senators. Why isn't why isn't there uh, um, what was that movement they had a few years ago um, about Wall Street? Occupy Wall uh, Street. Why hasn't there been an Occupy Senate? Why hasn't there been an Occupy Mitch McConnell? Well, why hasn't there been Mitch McConnell's from your state? You tell me. Oh, well, well, I'm not. I'm, I'm not 35 and under. Okay. I'm not a. I, and that's not that's not my, you know and I'm not saying I'm all in on Biden but I'm I'm not gonna be here forty years from now yeah 30, you know what I'm saying this is this is this is what your, your your civil attitude and your passion for this movement is not being matched by action Can not I? only in the polls but I'm gonna let you have it just a second not in the polls but you're not knocking down doors you're not you're not sitting in with with pushing these people to do what, what it is you're doing and now I'll shut up okay so then you don't have to shut up but I'm, I'm gonna retort so mm-hmm. like, and you you said a lot so I'm gonna unpack it um, okay alright so you read an article from New York Times and uh, like I while I don't like your source I'll answer the questions <laughs> therein um, I two things are empirical and one of them is an opinion the last one the one that you put the emphasis on was the opinion of that person who wrote the article that passion wasn't matching or sorry that people were more obsessed with passion than action like that's opinion like i'm not gonna dive into opinion what i will dive into is the facts and this this affects passions when bureaucracy prevents people from being able to vote like it tampers or it it tempers passion so when you have to wait seven hours to vote I don't care what anyone says about, oh, what's your civic duty? You should wait there. No, let's be practical. If I told you you had to wait seven hours for anything other than water, you would probably leave. Like, there's no, there's no, um, this, there's no logic behind people saying that uh, that young people have to wait seven hours to vote. That's absolutely ridiculous. They need to make it easier to vote. They need to have more polling places. They need to make it. Uh, they need to make it so that every person can vote like that means either making it a national holiday or make it on a saturday making ranked choice voting and making mail-in ballots an absolute uh, right of every single citizen by not doing so they are purposely hampering the system and who does that who does or sorry hampering the system uh helps who 
it helps those who are already in power. And now that takes us to your first point or your first question, which was why has this not happened yet? You have people on both sides of the aisle, Dad, that are um, that are being paid by these insurance companies, that are being paid mm-hmm. by these pharmaceutical companies, like that are so um like, and it's not that they're impure; it's that they've been paid, and once you're paid, you're owned. So then, if you speak up against them, they're like, "Oh, guess what? We'll just pay the guy who's going to run against you in the next election." So there's this persistent fear because. The person that's or the company that supported you now owns you. You can't go against them. Now, recently, people have been uh, wise to the game, and so now they're trying to change things. However, like there aren't many people that are pure enough to be able to say, you know what? Nah, I'm good. Like I don't want your money. I'm gonna destroy the system. Like and the like. The people are new newcomers. Well, it would have been a newcomer. Uh, Pete Buttigieg was fine until he started taking money from those people. Now he's one of the the, the people that can no longer speak against that corruption because now he's well, paid by it. Time, time out. I'm, I just want to ask a question. Okay, you said Pete was one of those people until he took the money. Yes, took the money, and I'm and this is speculation and an opinion uh, from me. He took the money because he thought that might be the only way that he could actually be a dog in that fight. Exactly. If he did, so if he didn't take the money, he he he, he wouldn't have had a voice in the fight. He but by taking the money, he, he had a voice in the fight. But he but but he, he he he's no longer in the fight. Yeah, but like the thing is, people were already interested in him before he took the money. Like that's the thing that bothered me about Pete Buttigieg. He sold out. Like he was. He was popular before he took those people's money, but once he took those people's money, he was corrupted. Like, and his perspective. And, and, and I and I agree, but he and I'm assuming, like that's why I said this is opinion. He, he I'm feeling like he, he may felt like if I don't take the money, enough people won't hear me. I need to get my message out. Yeah, I have my core, the people who who know me, but what about the people in Montana? Other people um, in in Wyoming somewhere who've never heard of me. Well, yeah, now they heard of you being a snake because you work for Medicare for all, and then all of a sudden you took the money, you changed your policy. So really, no, like no one, no one heard of him. If he would have stayed, and 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 I'm saying all this, I'm asking you all this because it goes to the to the larger picture of the system. So if he doesn't take the money and he's not heard, you know. How are those other people gonna gonna get to hear? And I'm not advocating taking the money. This is this is just a general question because it's almost like a catch twenty two. It's not you a catch twenty two. Like the problem is, like people have to have the like to be secure in their convictions. People will hear you if you speak and if you try. Like there was uh, this candidate in Texas who everyone really liked, Beto O'Rourke. You know what he did? He took his raggedy truck and he drove around every single county in Texas. Like people to judge wanted people to hear him. If he really had conviction to make people hear him, if he really wanted to put forth the effort for people to hear him, he would have drove his behind to every single state. Like, and I don't what's, care. What's what's Beto O'Rourke doing right now? Uh, he sold out. Hmm. Sold out. So 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 who who amongst you 
has not sold out, who stayed true to the game, and has won. Won what? Won anything. Um, who, okay, because what I'm hearing, and correct me, please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, what I'm hearing is that the ones who who want to do it the pure way, it's almost like the good guy never wins type thing. Um, the guy who's doing it the pure way um, is not being heard enough to win. But the guy who's doing it the the old way is winning. And when the when the guy who wants to win sees that, he crosses over and now he's a sellout, so there's no way he'll ever win. Exactly. So who's winning? who's winning? Bernie, Elizabeth Warren, uh Other, son, son, they're not winning. They're what they've won their Senate races based on those principles. So apparently those principles are being held, right? And the policies, were, were, the policies that we're arguing about, and I, I'm going to cut you off because, like, it's really important that I get ahead, out there. Because people keep saying this, and it actually bothers me. Oh, well, Bernie hasn't done anything in 40 years. Elizabeth Warren hasn't done anything. Well, actually, the policies that everyone's arguing about on a national basis right now weren't even a thing until Bernie Sanders brought it up last election against Hillary Clinton. Now, there's a thing. Um, there, there's something that happens after the convention. And it's called, it's the platform, and the platform committee is um, assigned by all the delegates that are won by the to, the people who are running for president. Now, if the progressives win enough races, like whether they lose the primary or not, they control the platform. So by incrementally winning, even like even when we lose we get more people controlling the platform that progressive plat or that liberal platform changes to a progressive platform and we win so whenever like whenever you say oh well he's not winning actually actually he is winning because there's some things that would not be up for a conversation medicare for all would not be a conversation free college would not be a conversation free family leave okay. would not be a conversation without okay him. okay it, 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 it wouldn't be a conversation on on the scale that it has become, you know, but it's always been a conversation, you know, whether, well, wait, 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 listen, hear me out, hear my thought out. It's always been a conversation. We When people lack something and they know they need it, that's when it starts to be conversed. Bernie brought it to the front, to the forefront. You know, Bernie brought it out in the, into the open where it has become this mass, where, where, where it's gone from conversation to a movement, we want to we want to move towards healthcare for all. We want to move towards um, um, tuition uh, reduction and um, student loan forgiveness. You know, it's it's it, it's a broader conversation. It's brought out to to the open and it's been made a movement. You know, and and I, I, I dig your passion and I dig everything you're saying to the point, but but. As far as what Bernie's done and what he's doing, you know, yeah, they want when I when I ask you who's winning, you know, they yeah, they won their, their Senate seats and their congressional seats and you know, they they've held this office for X number of years or whatever. But the ultimate goal for Bernie and Warren and and and, and whomever is is to get into a seat of power to be able to affect the change that they can't do where they're at. 
they've done enough to reach a level to where they're at, but they're not being able to bust through. And there's a reason why they're not being able to bust Yeah, through. I know the reason. Like, the reason why they're not being able to bust through is because the establishment is against them. There's a bunch of billionaires that are against the idea of someone cutting into their money tree. Like, I And that goes back to my original point. My original point was that you know, the powers that be, this capitalism monster, is not going to allow someone to do those things. Yeah, and you by know? saying that, like, and, and it frustrates me when you say that because, like, you keep saying they're not going to allow, they're not going to allow, they're not going to allow, which this is exactly why people don't vote. Exactly what you're saying right now is exactly why people don't vote. Because you're saying... You're right. People aren't going to... People will, 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 will become apathetic because they don't see a pathway. They don't see all they hear is we're gonna change this, we're gonna change that, we're gonna but they don't see a pathway. No, 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 you, no, 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 no. They don't if you don't show some people some light in a tunnel, they're gonna think it's walled in. And they're not gonna even go down it. That's not and, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is okay. when they hear people, their own people saying, Well, this can't happen, this can't happen, this can't happen. Like, that's what makes them stop. Like it's not it's not the, it's not the establishment blocking progressives that stops progressives. It's the people that are supposed to be on the progressives team that are stopping progressives. That's why I get so frustrated with people who voted for Biden. I get angry about it because they're not like... Why, why don't you think they're on your team? Because, I mean, I know, why, I know they're not on your team, but why do you think they're not putting your jersey on? standing on the sideline with you i what, what do you, this is gonna be insult, it's gonna be insulting like like no, I, I want the truth they're weak they're afraid they like they don't think it's possible so they don't even want to try like all reasons why i think like why, why i think less of people like anyone who works from a position of weakness i think less of you any anyone who thinks that something's not worth trying like i think less of you anyone who like who works from a position of fear um and allows that fear to alter their decision i think less of you like and and that's not just in voting that's in life i know it's in life i know i'm, I'm I, and and i dig that about you i don't like anyone who operates out of fear you know are are no let me rephrase that I don't like anyone who isn't willing to push past that fear because exactly. fear is natural. Fear exactly. is natural. I won't. I won't eliminate you. I throw you away just because you have fear. Nor will I throw you away because you're weak. Because everyone is weak at one point in time in their life. Yeah. You know, and they have to, they have to develop a willingness to become strong. Exactly. But in order, but uh, follow where I'm going here. But in order to develop a willingness to become strong, in order to be able to step out of a position of fear into a position of, of, of confidence, you have to be shown a believable and trustworthy path. That's I the thing, They have a path. Good son, it has to be a believable path. People okay, have, okay, and here we go. Like that, that word right there, believable. Hold on, let me say this real quick. Let me say this real quick. If I lose this thought, what you're saying, what you no, no, let me phrase that. What you see as a path, you see, you know as well as I do. Um, when it comes to shooting the azimuth 
or doing land navigation or anything like that, you have to be able to read the map. You have to be able to to shoot an azimuth with your compass. Yeah, absolutely. And, and some people, when they see a map, when we see hills and spurs and things of that nature, they just see circles and mutes and wiggly lines. Yeah. They haven't been, some people don't know how to read the map. That's so, why they shouldn't get the map at all. Like, that's what bothers me. Some people shouldn't look at the map. So they should be sheep. <laughs> so look, what you do is you teach them how to read the map instead of criticizing the fact that they don't know how. Yeah, but when you they know, think they, they know what they're doing all the time, like, sorry, but when they think they know what they're doing, how can you, like, that's, that's the part that kills me. It's like, oh, teach them. But when I try to teach them, like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I've been here before. I've been doing this for, for decades before you even got, before, before you were even alive. And I'm just using that as an example of an excuse. So I know, I know. So, oh, well, I, I've already, I know what you're, like, I know what the map says, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know what the map says, but why are you still in the same place you were in 30 years ago then? If you know what the map says oh well because we can't go because there's a hill right there yeah and i'm telling you how to circle around that we do a box method and we can get around that hill like but you're still but you're still on this side of the hill because you refuse to move with the map like so i'm trying to teach you not you dad but like like i know what you're saying i know what you're saying and 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 it it kills me it kills me Here's the th- here's the thing, man. When, when you when you and you've experienced, I know you've had the experiences when you was in the military. You come in, you learn, you learn, you're, you're trained by your elders, you know, by your superiors, you know. And then the time comes when you and your superiors are almost equals, or become equals. Yeah. You know, and then it comes to a then it gets to a point where. Those superiors who you once looked up to, who are now your equals, you know, are transitioning out. Yeah. You know, they're ETSing, or they're retiring, or whatever the case may be. And then you move to go past them. But there still, or there should be, an element of respect and, I don't know, um, humility to some degree when dealing with those superiors. Now, bring that into generations. You saying that your, your statement is they should move out of the way, like the old saying, "Lead, follow, I get the hell out of the way." Yeah, you're saying you're saying that they should get the hell out of the way because you, you not you, son, but you know a path around the hill or through the hill or over the hill or whatever. Um, but it's the way in which. You you deli- you you know as well as I don't do that. It's not, but yes, I'm going, I'm going there. I'm going there. And give, and give me a second. It's not what you say; it's how you say it. It's, it's how you present. And when and when and you will you will experience this one day. You know, maybe 20, 30, 40 years from now, when you have an upstart coming and they're telling you everything, the way you're doing it is wrong. It's like you don't like to hear. You don't know what you're doing because you haven't been doing it long enough. I've been here. I know what I'm doing. Sit down and just let me drive this. Let me drive this car. You don't like hearing that. We don't like hearing it either. 
You're moving too slow. You're not getting us where we need to be. You're in our way. We have a better way of doing things. Your way is antiquated and we don't want to deal deal with it. We hear the same thing you're saying, just like you hear the same thing we're saying. And we don't want to move because we don't feel our time is done yet. You you want us to move because you feel that your time is now. If we don't strike while the iron's hot, we'll end up where you are now. That's what that's what I, I hear you. I hear you. Because you know what? We said it to my parents. We said it to my parents. And my parents said it to their parents. But I, I don't know if your parents said it to their parents. That's a different generation. No, no, him, but him right in the face. Yeah, yeah, you got, you got, you got, you got to point that. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that it's the way you deliver the message. And the way to unify and the way to... Um, and, and I've been looking at this this week. How can Bernie and, and, and Biden somehow unify and come across? A, who would Biden's running mate be? You know, some I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, they're never going to unify. They probably won't. And, 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 and that's pretty much the conclusion that I came with. So that's why I went to who, who could Bernie pick as a running mate to pull some of your generation in? Now, I know not all of them. I know you will never go in. You know, you, you'll, 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 you'll be the barbarian at the gate. Um, it's it's not how it's just he, there's no one he can choose that, because here's the thing the principles that the progressives hold and the and the principles that Biden hold are opposite they oppose each other there is no one he can choose that is going to f- facilitate the progressive platform because it is diametrically opposed to Biden's platform. His platform is made by rich people. If you looked at who his cabinet nominees, they're all bankers. They're all billionaires. Like, so the things that he wants to get done don't apply to what we feel needs to be done. So he's never going to choose a progressive because he knows, like he doesn't, or as a matter of fact, it's not that he knows, he thinks that he doesn't need progressives to win. That's what he thinks. And that's where everyone's failing right now and okay. like, well, young people don't vote and i i'm I, I want to explore this topic just a little bit Go ahead. Say young, young people don't vote and it's like oh well young people don't vote ah not so fast look at how uh barack obama won in our in 2008 the way he won was by expanding the electorate to young voters it wasn't because of moderates it was because of those young voters that voted for him more young voters voted for him than voted for Trump, than voted for Hillary. Like Barack Obama was a unicorn. Huh? Barack Obama was a, Barack Obama was a unicorn. Barack <laughs> Obama was able to do something that Bernie can't do. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, uh, Barack Obama reached to the young and touched them, while extending the other hand to the old and touched them. His was platform able- said that, though. His platform. Well, that's him. He, he had a way of speaking to the people to make everybody feel inclusive. Yes, he made people feel. He made people feel inclusive, but he didn't. Make the older generation feel alienated and left out, and yes. that's the, that's why Barack Obama was a unicorn. He was he was able. His platform was able to encompass everybody. Yeah, but I hate talking about people's feelings. Like, this 
makes me this enrages me because it's basically people saying but like I, I I really want to 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 dive into this idea that people's feelings matter more than people dying like oh my feelings are hurt so I won't let you drive the car even though I'm drunk so I'm gonna crash right into this tree because my feelings like this is what like this is what pisses me off because quote unquote people are in older people are in their feelings like because we're saying that it's time for you to stop driving like it's not we're saying you should stop driving because we don't like where or we don't like what you're doing is we want you to stop driving because it's dangerous for you to continue driving we want you to stop driving because we want to make sure that someone takes care of you we don't want you to kill yourself while driving this vehicle so excuse me please give me the keys so i can drive the car don't worry we will still get to where you want to go however i want to make sure we get there safely and in a timely manner but if people keep talking about their feelings they're never going to get anything done i'm tired of people talking about oh well bernie bros were mean to me so i'm gonna vote for biden okay go ahead go vote for biden and guess what you're gonna get absolutely nothing so like and in the 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 part that really bothers me about this is people have always been willing and not just black people everyone have always always been willing to vote against their interest and usually they vote against their interest because they're confused or they're convinced that voting against their interest uh somehow benefits them republicans usually do this however these days people are voting against their interest because of sentiment and i hate that because it means that you're not you're not dumb it's you're purposefully doing it because you're emotional which means that you kind of are dumb because you can't see the forest for the trees you can't put your emotions aside to actually vote for something that actually matters because you're prideful and emotional like that doesn't show you, you as a problem yeah it does it does but i'm not i'm not going to go as far as to say that people who act in emotions are now this kind of goes against everything that i believe in a sense but i'm not going to go i'm not going to go as far as to say people who act on emotions are dumb um, no 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 no, no. i mean people who act in their emotions against their interests okay i will even still i'm not going to say that they're they're dumb I'm just going to say that they're they're being very human inside that moment and that they're not seeing the the complete picture. Human. Um, yeah. <laughs> we can be, but <laughs> part of being human. If you know, not everyone is is skilled enough or experienced enough to detach their emotions from the situation and and deal with it in a logical manner. Not everyone matter of fact heart the masses aren't built that way you know that's why there's commercials and advertisements and 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 um motivational speakers who speak in a certain way to cause about to bring about a soothing and calming emotion or effect in order to lure you in you know soothsayers you know snake oil sales yeah and things of that Um, but here's the thing, 
Um, I'm having to play devil's advocate to a degree because I agree with you. I know that there comes a time when I'm going to have to hand you, uh, Donovan, Anaya, the keys to the car. You know, I know there's going to come a time when I'm going to have to call you and say, did I take my medicine this morning? I realize that. But when that time comes, and I've watched it with my grandfather, it is a scary, scary feeling. And you can't think logical when you're encompassed by fear, when you're trying to hold on to something that no longer exists. And I don't expect, I don't expect you to understand that. That's because I didn't like, understand. I don't know what you're holding on to. Like in this, like you're holding, you're holding on to what's left of you. No, 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 you're hold- like, no, 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 not that, not that. I mean, like I, I understand that in the literal term as far as age. I mean, like in this political process, like to take it back to to this. To I don't know what holding on to. They're, they're holding on to what they've always had. They're holding on to the known, and you know as well as I do, people fear the unknown. Just like this week um, with the with the uh, coronavirus. People are scared. That's why there's no damn toilet paper. Because people are scared. They're scared shitless. So they need all the damn toilet paper. (laughs) 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 But fear fear will do that to you, man. You know, fear fear is a a paralyzing agent that causes you to hear, see, and feel things that aren't there. And people are holding on to this this old antiquated way of of, of democracy. Well, not democracy of, of what the Democrats represent, and they don't want to let go of it because they fear the progressive movement. They see these young people, you know, coming in and pushing them aside. And I agree with you, and that's why I say I'm I'm having to play devil's advocate for the sake of, of, of this platform. But in reality, I, I, I agree with you. It's time for a new way. It's time it's time for someone like Biden. I mean, not Biden, but like uh, Bernie Sanders. However, the masses aren't going to accept him just for the reasons that you laid out. And also because he doesn't, people don't see the pathway and even and just because you do and you're telling people to move out of the way follow me I'll show you how to get around that damn hill you know people aren't going to listen because that's when fear comes back in it's almost like a vicious cycle you know they'll listen to you you know they'll hear you they'll agree with you but they won't let go and follow you because they're afraid to yeah. and that's what that's why I said Obama was the unicorn because Obama somehow, some way, and, and I'm pretty sure we both could spend another two hours breaking down how he did it, but he somehow, he calmed people's fear. He made white folks want to vote for him. He made young, the young people in. He even had old people, you know, saying, you know, this young guy, this young black mixed American guy, you know, I like him. He's non-threatening, you know. I, I can get behind him. He had he had 
he had America in a kumbaya moment in uh, what was it, uh, 2008? You know when he first stepped on when he stepped on the scene. Well, before then, when he did the uh, Democratic convention, you know, and and, and Bernie, um, to me, and this is to me honestly, me, he reminds me of Mr. Miller. Mr. Miller lived around the corner from me, and he had this manicure yard, and he handed out the best damn candy at Halloween. You know, I mean, the best damn candy. And he'd wave at you and speak, you know, kept his yard manicured. But you step on his fucking grass and watch that old man lose his goddamn mouth. You know, and we would do it every now and then just to piss him off. Bernie reminds me of him. He would yell and scream from his porch, but at but at certain times of the year, he would give out candy, and he was a very very nice man at that moment. That's how Bernie. That's what Bernie said, and that's just me. When I see Bernie at the podium with his fist raised and yelling, my mind goes straight to Mr. Mueller. The funny and, thing is, like if Bernie Sanders was black, you would think about you would think about Malcolm X. If Bernie Sanders was black, Malcolm, nah. Burn no, 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 like, no, now, let's peel this onion, like, like, this will be our last little, oh, okay, like, democratic socialist who's about the people taking back the power, like, he's about people taking care of their community, he's about a, a movement, a, an angry movement, but that anger forging something stronger, like so, with all I, of that, I, 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 get, I get you. When you say it like that, I get your comparison to Malcolm. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying but, that he's Malcolm X. Like, please. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't see Bernie standing by the curtain with a with a with a AK peeking out. Um, yeah, nah, nah. That's not Bernie. <laughs> but, but Malcolm was 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 all about us doing it for us. us, yeah, us doing it our. But this time. Big us is not just you know the black community. This time, oh, yeah. big, uh, big us is America, U.S. So like, so I, I it's like, and I, I know like I've said it again and again that's frustrating. Like, you know, people are afraid and like yada yada yada. But like the thing is, like everyone knows the worst decisions are made out of fear. Mm-hmm. Like, like oh well, I out of emotion. Like, I, yeah, I want to pick. I, I'm picking Biden because I trust him to be okay, and like, and I, I want maybe like let's, let's spend just a little bit, a little bit more time, if you can. No, I got time. I got this going. Um, I don't trust Biden to actually get there, and this isn't just a platform thing. This is a I'm watching this dude talk. What, what do you mean? Get, you you are highly, highly suspect. You talk, are you meaning beating Trump? I don't even talk about beating Trump. I don't think this dude could like could beat a wet paper bag. Like if you watch his speeches, like I watched his speech uh, about the coronavirus, I was uninspired. <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm not. I shouldn't have to go to your website to feel comfortable with your plan. You should just tell me what your plan is. Why are you doing this if you're not going to tell me what your plan is? Please stop using words to try to make me feel better. What makes me feel better is a plan, just like all people. You, like if you if your girl is upset and you tell her, like you tell her, hey, everything's gonna be okay. 
Like, she's going to look at you and be like, okay, how though? <laughs> yeah, if you don't have a track record of proving to her when you say everything's going to be okay and things turn out okay, then yeah, yeah. she's going to need an explanation. Exactly. And, uh, and, and that's what, that's exactly like he was saying on something like, yo, what, 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 how? Say words that mean things. Like, so, like, and even now he's like bumbling and grumbling and. and yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Look, look and, I, and I think I said this in our very first uh, episode. Oh, I'm not a fan of any of. Them. Yeah, I know you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm 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 taking the position of devil's advocate here. I don't like any of. Them. I mean, I like I like what Bernie's offering. You know, sounds but, too sweet. Though. Yeah, it's it just like I said, it goes back to that at 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 um at high school kid running for president. No, no school on Fridays, and we're gonna get ice cream all week. You know, and it, it I don't like any of them. <laughs> but with that being said, if I could see a path for Bernie, I would I would vote for Bernie. I, w- I would, and, that, and that's just me being honest. If I could see a path, if I could see, if someone could show me, not you, uh-huh. <laughs> not you, but if, if it could be seen on a national scale, or a national whatever, um, a path to him winning, I would be all in on Bernie. I think, I think Bernie, uh, when it goes to what I, what I, what I wrote to you, um, earlier this week about sometimes it's better to be the king maker than the king and I think I truly believe that that's what Bernie is Bernie's the king maker he's he's gonna there's gonna be somebody within the next two elections that's gonna rise on the scene and they're going to spark they're gonna take this movement to the next level but the time I mean I know you feel like the time is now but just from my life experience, it's not now. It's coming. You know, this is the spark. It, y'all are not the flame. Y'all are the spark. It's about ready to ignite the flame. Because the country, a generation, and, and I hate to say this because I'm, I'm speaking about my parents' generation. They need to decrease in numbers in order yeah, for... That's, I, I, hate that's, saying that, I hate saying that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, 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 I mean, and I remember when I was, um, I remember the early 90s, you know, 89 to 94, 95. Um, that was our conscious movement. Our, well, our, our, our conscious awakening. Um, you know, public enemy, you know, fight the power. Um, you know, Farrakhan was real big back then and so on and so forth. So it, there was an awakening. And I remember my grandparents, we're like, nah, this ain't the way you do it, you know, you know, and and when 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 my grandparents' generation started to fade, you know, all of a sudden people started to uh, be woke. There was a constant in the early two thousand, yeah, to like two thousand ten. There was an awakening of the masses, mm-hmm. but people didn't realize that awakening came at the expense of a generation's death yeah you know you know things don't come to life 
unless something dies. That's just, you know, that's just the natural world. Yeah, yeah, circle of life, thank you. You know, so, and I hate to say it, but, you know, my parents' generation, when they start to fade a little bit, your generation will will fully take power. But by that time, you'll be closer to where I am right now. And I'll be my parents' generation. You know, and, I would be fine with that. I know, I'm, I'm in the middle right now, and I, and I kind of like it, you know. And I kind of like it because I can understand you. You know, I get where you're coming from, but I also feel where my parents are coming from. You know, so it's almost like that, I don't know, that little weird, I don't even know what it's called, but that little weird piece in the middle of a seesaw, you know, and, and, uh, and, the wedge. and, and yeah, the wedge. And you're kind of just like, um, you know, you're looking at both sides and you're enjoying it, you know, because you, you, you have your children, but you still have your parents and it's a beautiful thing, you know, but then eventually you get slid over to that far side of the seesaw, you know, and your certainty is uncertain, yeah. you know, and you'll become the wedge. And, and and that's what it is. I think Bernie Sanders, you know, and I agree with your Malcolm X analogy, um, I think that he is the kingmaker. I think someone from your generation, a younger part of your generation, I would like for it to be you, <laughs> I think me and your grandmother believe it could be you and I remember I remember correct me if I'm wrong there was a time when you said you wanted that yeah yeah part yeah. of me still part of me still does want that honestly yeah, like, yeah. I, I remember I remember a conversation we had years and years ago when you said you know dad I'm going to take over the world I'm, I'm, I'm going to change the world and you're doing that now, you know, through teaching. Um, but someone from your generation, uh, the younger part of your generation, is going to be the king. And it's going to be because of your movement, your passion, Bernie's foresight, and everything else that, that, that is coming into play right now. Um, that will be the making of the king. You know, and that's, yeah. just, that's just the way I see it. No, and I, I agree. With, I, I think I, I agree with that. Like, as and not that I'm happy, nor am I sitting like sitting down and, and accepting what's happening right now. Because I feel like Sunday's debate will um, will be the it, it will be the breaking point. We will know everything we need to know on after Sunday night. I agree. Um, but I think that if not now, the next election, absolutely, I, because and by that time, like people will be fed up um people are progressive will certainly be fed up and and honestly i know you get upset at the idea of progressives not voting because you're like oh you guys are just gonna sit out um and this will be my last point um like i'll probably wrap up the politics uh, mm -hmm. on, on this point but until people respect respect you like or sorry until you give people a reason to respect you they'll never respect you um for some generations they had to fight uh, like for the civil rights movement, they had to fight. They had to take those beatings. And like honestly, like it's like that that fighter that just kept kept getting hit, but he kept getting up. And the other guy just, just tired. He's like, yo, I can't. yo, are you still getting up, man? Here, man, here, you win. Here's right. the rights. Like there are generations like that, and then there's generations that just kind of 
hold the ship. Like no matter what hits it, like they're just holding the ship. They're not advancing, but they're not falling back. They're generations like that. But then sometimes, sometimes you have to withdraw just for people to understand you need me. And I think that this, like this generation, this election, for some progressives, this election, they might do that. Like they might not vote at all. And I think you've been seeing that for years. We just didn't call it that. Um, there were young people that just weren't voting at all because you never gave them a reason to vote. And when they, they finally have a reason and you take that away from them, you're gonna be like, okay, cool. Just keep that same energy in November when you like when y'all lose. Like, and then they will they'll inevitably blame it on progressives. And progressives will be like, yeah, 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 give me all that. Yeah, yeah, it was us. That's why y'all lost. So next time, remember that. That energy is what's gonna like what's going to to be there. Um, but I think what you said is right. Like, it's going to be some younger part of my generation that's going to be it. And I hope Bernie's alive to see it because he has done so much for this movement. He is he is genuinely a good person in a, in a system that does not award you for being good. And it's a shame. It's a shame because I think he deserves to be the president just on the fact that he has the values that I would like to see in a leader and in a person. And he won't get it, not because he doesn't deserve it, but because the system is so corrupt that they could not possibly allow someone like him, someone that's good, to have power. And that's a shame. And you know what, man, what you... that. Well, everything you said, I, I agree with for the most part. And for what you just said about Bernie deserving it and the way that you put it, I couldn't agree with you more. I really couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, that was that was spot on, man. And you kind of opened my eyes to something, too, when you said, when you were talking about the progressives not voting, sending a message. You know, and, and I know a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know, you not voting is, is you know, I don't know, sacrilege. Yeah, disrespecting the fight of your forefathers and so on and so forth. But you, you just raised a, a, a hellacious argument, man, in regards to why y'all shouldn't vote. And I know that, <laughs> I know this kind of goes against what I've been saying, but if, if there isn't a youth turnout, a strong youth turnout, then that will send one hellacious message. And um, hopefully, if, if it does play out that way, um, the powers that be, uh, no, the powers that will be will notice that and respect it the next time around. You know? And um, yeah. kind of goes to what I said a couple of weeks ago. Sometimes you got to burn the whole damn forest down in order for uh, new growth. Yeah. And and that's what, I mean, and that's what y'all might have to do, you know? And um, I'll gladly hand you the keys to the car when the time comes. I appreciate that. <laughs> and I promise uh, not to wrap it around a tree. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Pay for it. Um, you know, but no, nah, I mean, because there does come a time when we have to start listening and I hope that my generation starts doing a better job at listening to your generation. 
you know, because it's hard to see the picture if you're in it, you know, and that's true. And you're, you you see things that we don't, but we also know things that, that y'all don't get. And I don't know, but, and even that gap is smaller now. You know, the, yeah, the, because of the, inter- the internet. <laughs> yeah, right. Because we know things, that you, but you know, it's it, shit. If you don't know it, Google it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's what it's come to, man. So, yeah, you know, I uh, I agree with you, son. I really do. Um, so let's end on our good our our good stuff from the past week, man. Um, I think I kind of touched on mine early on when we first started, man. Um, like I said, this has been a hectic week. You know, and um, with the coronavirus and, you know, the getting used to this new normal that we're uh, heading into, um, my good stuff for the week is just seeing how people are responding um, to their fellow man. You know, uh, I always have a unique experience when I go to VA, and I know I talk about VA a lot, but I'm getting older. I'm getting older and I spend a lot of time there, unfortunately. <laughs> but yesterday, you know, being greeted at the door and even though I've been asked those five questions, you know, quite a few times over the past week, um, just being greeted at the door, the hand washing station, you know, um, people interacting and talking about it, um, going to uh, Walmart, later that day and, and talking to the people in the aisle, people are opening up and and we're realizing that the things that make our make us different aren't that big, you know, versus the things that we uh that we're similar to that we have similarities to. And um I I really dig that man. So my good for the week is how that how we're uniting and how that uh you know that this we're not gonna allow ourselves to be defined by uh, this particular catastrophe so yeah that's my good stuff man that's that's yeah that i i really enjoyed hearing that earlier um because it does give me hope that you know in the midst of fear people can still band together Mm -hmm. um my good stuff has nothing to do with corona actually uh uh, my uh, my students uh my third year students um, graduated from junior high school this week and uh, it's it's always weird like it's always sad uh, for me because like I I do everything with the utmost passion Um, so I teach I laugh I love um, I fight I debate with all the passion that I have Um, so these students so far they've gotten the most of me um, I've been in Japan for about two years, nine months. Um, and I've been with these students every step of the way. Um, so saying goodbye to them hurt me more than any of the other students because um, the longest I've been with a, a, a set of students. Um, and they were like, it was like saying goodbye to my little brother and little sister, but never knowing whether or not I would see them again or if they were going to be okay. Now this starts this sounds sad um, but the good the the good from that is that like you know as they're talking to me as they're leaving like I could see bits of me in them and I know it sounds vain 
but I know they'll be okay because I emphasized more than anything resiliency and strength like no matter what you you do no matter how good you are at English because I'm an English teacher you know I want you to be resilient and I want you to be strong and everything I teach you will be to that aim like yes I'm teaching you English but I'm teaching you English in a way that's going to try to to prepare you for this world that you're going into this cruel cold world and you know one of my students he came up to me and then this is I'll, I'll finish with this he said uh he said Tyson say he's like stop crying and I was like I was like I'm not crying I got a little something in my eye though uh he said uh, he's like I'm going to be okay like if I'm not okay I can always message you right and I was like right wow. it's just it was just that like he knew he was going to be good but he also knew that he could reach back um and 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 um I would always be there to support him and you know I think you know we talk about generations a lot and that is and he is the next generation that that group they are the the Gen Zers and um it makes me hopeful that if I'm not the flame if I'm the spark and he's the flame I'm cool with that yeah that, that's cool I'm cool with that that is so, so powerful man king yeah. mate that's what you are yeah, yeah. You may, not, you may not be the king, which I think you rightfully should be. Um, <laughs> and Don, hey, um, <laughs> um, but the passion that you that you put into what you do, you know, is is man, is <laughs> incredible. You know, and those kids, man, they will carry you with them the rest of their life. You know, that's what. I've always had high praise for uh, for teachers, for educators, for mentors. You know, yeah. they they they're with you even when you don't think they're with you. They're with you. You know, um, and that's amazing. That that is definitely some good stuff, right there. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, I think that covers our uh, our winding road <laughs> of a week. Um, for those of you out there listening, uh, please be sure to um, rate this podcast. Get goes hit, hit us with at least you know four or five of those stars. Please um, do. Uh, leave a comment, uh, questions, or anything like that you like us to cover, or stuff you don't want us to talk about anymore. <laughs> I think we try. We try to. We try to keep it fresh, but you know, yeah. help us out. Yeah, let us uh, know. And you know, uh, share share the word. You know. Uh, we started this just to uh, bring voice to you know two generations that are trying to understand each other uh, on a, du- a number of different topics and you know the more we can spread the conversation the better the conversation is exactly uh, I could not have said it any better um, if I'm going to leave you with anything this week just listen you know be open minded no, no, no new ideas can be grafted on a closed mind you know, and I'm speaking to my generation and to my son's generation. You know? And all those on the peripheral. Um, just just be willing to listen to, to someone who may have a different opinion than you. And uh, you'll be surprised where the conversation goes. Oh, and um, one last thing. 
if you're going to the grocery store anytime in the next week, think about your fellow man and don't take all the damn toilet paper. <laughs> I'll leave you with that. <laughs> yeah, seriously though, please stay safe out there. Um, and you know, thank you for listening. And again, uh, please take care of each other. Please, please. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see you right here uh, next week. Uh, Catch you next time. Next time. Peace.